Kitchen Table Magic is sponsored by Card Kingdom. With fast shipping, the best card sleeves, deck boxes, binders, and all the modern, legacy, and commander staples you could ever want, Card Kingdom is there with the hookup. If you'd like to support the show, just use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash KTM. Order your Guilds of Ravnica singles and sealed product now. You know you want that sweet Assassin's Trophy action. Great removal is, well, great. Thank you for supporting the show when you shop at cardkingdom.com slash KTM. Kitchen Table Magic is sponsored by Paragon City Games. They're a community-focused game store in Draper, Utah that cares deeply about their player base. Tune into their stream at twitch.tv slash Paragon City Games for daily legacy action. I had the honor of being invited to Paragon City Games to film a vlog about their Heroes League Invitational Qualifier series. The players there love competitive magic. The store is super clean, open, friendly, and a great place to play magic. Their staff is super friendly and they have an amazing streaming setup to broadcast live feature matches. Talking about it doesn't do it justice, you'll have to go see the vlogs I made to know what I'm talking about. Just go to facebook.com slash Paragon City Games and click on videos. I made one each on Standard, Modern, and Legacy. Welcome to Kitchen Table Magic, a storytelling podcast featuring the amazing people of the Magic the Gathering community. I'm your host, Sam Tang. Join me and my guests as we share stories about what MTG means to us, how we got started playing Magic, the ups, the downs, the hilarious stories, and everything in between. This week, I'm hanging out with cosplayer, voice actress, streamer, and Magic personality, Ashlyn Rose. Ashlyn can be found at many GPs, sharing her cosplay with fans and the community. She brings our favorite characters to life, and she's inspiring a whole new generation of Magic players. Ashlyn has collaborated with many content creators, including Game Nights, Tolarian Community College, Wizards of the Coast, Good Luck High Five, and Card Kingdom. Ashlyn also streams with the Viper Brood and is well-versed in big red and green monsters. There's so much Ashlyn is a part of these days, and I'm very happy to have her on the show. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ashlyn Rose. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on Kitchen Table Magic. I'm your host, Sam Tang, and today I'm with voice actress extraordinaire, cosplayer, amazing person, and overall bubbly friend of the Magic community, Ashlyn Rose. Ashlyn, how's it going? Oh, hi. It's going great. I'm excited to be on the show. I'm so happy that you're here. We have worked together and like hung out in so many different GPs, and finally we get to have you on the show. I know, right? We've been hanging out at GP Seattle and of course GP Vegas and running around and doing photos and random things. Um, it's just really awesome, and I know, you know you've had a very busy summer, but how are you doing overall? Oh, man. I've been great. As yeah, as you know, I've been very busy. The summer has been, I've been traveling to all the different GPs and making all sorts of cosplays and seeing you at all, most of them. And you've been pretty busy too, haven't you? Yes. I have recently transitioned from uh, doing like full-time day job stuff to making, you know, full-time magic content and filming a lot of things, recording a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. I have uh, completely uh, reshifted my way of being, <laughs> I guess you could say. And then also on top of that, like I just moved down to LA and I've been streaming a bunch. So yeah, it's it's been great. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited to ask you about all of that. <laughs> As all things, we start at the beginning. Ashton, could you tell us where you grew up and how you found magic? 
I grew up in a small little town in southern Illinois. No one's probably heard of it, so I can just leave it at that probably. (laughs) (laughs) It was like 10,000 people max in that uh, town, so it was very small. That's really cool. I I went to college in the Midwest, so I totally get like some of those little towns. Um, I know from a lot of other guests in the past, they've said that it was hard for them to find magic growing up. But how did you find magic or how did you stumble upon it? It's actually a really interesting question because I didn't play magic until I moved to San Francisco. I didn't know what magic was. I had never heard of it growing up. I was like, I had dabbled in anime and whatnot, but for the most part, I just played a lot of games growing up. I didn't get into magic until I want to say 2010 or 2009. It was when M10 came out. So would that be 2009? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened was we were playing on the Xbox and really bored. So my fiance and I were just looking for games to play. We came across Duels of Planeswalkers and he had played it before. And he's like, oh my gosh, you have to try this out. I remember this game back in the day. It's so much fun. And I was like, sure. And so I sat down and played it for a while and got really addicted to it and started playing through the different storylines. And after that, we were like, oh my gosh, let's let's get the real cards. And we went and bought a fat pack and just started building our collection again from there. And the rest was kind of history. That's the best feeling when you find a game that you really enjoy and then you can go deeper with it like oh I love that oh yeah it was like I kid you not like we like after we played that game for a while like it was like we'd go to coffee shops and look through the old collection he had and then we found an LGS that we could go to and we found a cool little draft group on Wednesday nights that we would go to at some restaurant Uh, it was like an Irish pub slash uh, Indian restaurant so it was like amazing (laughs) Wow, that is so cool. An Irish pub meets Indian restaurant yes. that also does magic drafts on yes. Wednesday nights. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> that is so cool. So you had a nice group of people to play magic with. Yes. And what's what's funny actually about that is in that play group, um, Jules, who actually works at Magic uh, with Watsi now, uh, was part of that play group. We uh, used to play with them when they were still like in high school and uh, learned to draft with them and everything. Wow, that's so cool. You know, I kind of I, I sort of know Jules like up here in Seattle, like I've seen him around at stuff. But and, and only recently did I realize that he worked for Magic. I've always seen him like mm-hmm. so many different events and like just part of like the group of friends. Like that's so cool. It's a small world. It's a big community, but a small world. World. It's it's uh it's interesting to think about. Yeah, it is kind of a small world. Ashlyn, you are so well known for your cosplays, and I'm so curious to ask, how did you start doing cosplay? <laughs> well, I started doing cosplay. I want to say after I started playing Magic, so I, I think like 2014, maybe or 2012 at this point. I don't know. I lose track. Um, I went to an anime convention for the first time. San Francisco is a lot of firsts for me because I just, I guess, I didn't do much growing up. But uh, I went to an anime convention and I saw all these people dressing up in these costumes of characters from animes I watched. And growing up, I played dress up a lot. I would dress up my cats. I would dress up my dogs, my nieces, my nephews. Everyone was going to be wearing something when they were at my house visiting. (laughs) So when I saw adults doing this, I thought it was really, really cool. And I don't know, it just sparked something in me. And I was like, I want to do this again. I miss dressing up and I miss just having fun. So I wanted to try it. And one of the things that drew me to cosplay instead of like fashion designer, like making costumes, although 
nowadays it's becoming more of that. What drew me to cosplay was you'd see these really cool costumes and you'd also notice these really cool ways that people would make the items for their costume. Like instead of like, you know, going and buying a actual knife that was a replica, they would make it and you could like, there were things made out of bottle tabs and duct tape. And while you, when you think about that, it doesn't sound as cool, but when you look at it and it looks like the actual piece, it's just... It's really, really cool and unique, and I really appreciated that about the community. That's so cool to hear, especially this maker attitude, this DIY attitude within the cosplay community. Um, and then also thinking about um, all the different forms and shapes and styles that cosplayers have to emulate in terms of art whenever they see a character or a particular theme on a show. Those things are fictional items. Sometimes they don't really <laughs> work well in the real world, so they oh have to gosh. solve that problem and make a thing in real life. Oh, it's it's so true. Like if you're a perfectionist, cosplay is going to be very difficult starting out because you're going to be like, how do I get that seam line? How do I make sure there's no seam line there so it matches the art? It's a it's quite a fun challenge. Ashlyn, tell us. So what is the correct terminology with cosplay? Is it something do you say, do you do cosplay? Do you make cosplay or is cosplay like a verb and an adjective itself? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not, I've, I've never really thought about it. Usually I'm like, hey, I cosplay or I'm going to make this cosplay. So what, what would you consider that? It would be... Hmm, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I'm always like, I always think of cosplay as like, a, as like some kind of a noun. So I don't yeah. actually know. Can it like be like some... a noun and a verb? I'm cosplaying. Yeah, usually you're like, I'm cosplaying Nissa today or something like that. So okay. it's kind of a little bit of everything, like cosplay itself. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. And Ashlyn, for you, what is cosplay? Do you consider it a form of art or a form of self-expression? It's more than just a costume. Is it also like a persona or a character that you embody? Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both, like all of that. It's um, it's definitely somewhere where I get to stretch my little creative freedoms and try things out and express things that I like and put my little touches on things, whereas also like creating different characters and still embodying those characters. I know there are some cosplayers who really like to like take on that character. Uh, me sometimes, depending on if I really connect with it, but sometimes I just want to try something out. Like I'll see something in a costume and it's like, oh, I've never tried doing casting before. And for this costume, I think it'd be great if I could cast this out of resin or something. And I want to learn how to do that. So I'm going to try to do this costume. And other times it's just like, oh my gosh, I love this character's story. I love everything about them. And I just really want to, to make this character. Okay. So sometimes it's like a technical challenge and other times it's like, I I just connect with the storyline of this character and I want to just be this character for fun. Yeah, totally. What are the different steps to creating a cosplay costume? I mean, do you look at the art and then choose the character? And then again, you say there were some technical challenges to it, but how do you organize all these different steps to take 2D art and then make it into a 3D persona? Over the years, it's, it's definitely changed. You kind of figure out what works best for you, depending on like your system and your timeline. For me personally, when it comes to making a new cosplay, the first thing I like to do is I look at the art and I list out all the pieces that I'll need to make. 
Um, so it's like bracer, wig, um, details for the bracer, patterns for the, the top and everything. So I go through, list all that out, and then I go through it and list out the materials I'll need for each of those. Another thing I like to do is usually with magic cosplays, you don't get a, usually don't have a full body 3D reference image of like what the costume looks like. So you don't know what the back looks like, or maybe you don't know what the legs look like, you know, like what are they wearing on their feet? And so I will try to, if it's like something that's from a time period, like Amonkhet, I can look up like the normal Egyptian garb and do a little bit of history diving to see like what people from that time period actually wore and from that region and culture. And so that's like a fun little rabbit hole you can go down to for like hours upon days. <laughs> uh, when I was making Tassiger, actually, I was trying to look up like, you know, how they made the skirt, actually. I was like, how does that work? What is it called? And it just went through this whole little like thing of history. And it was it was really fun and cool. But yeah, it's uh, and then I so do that if I need to find any references and whatnot. And then you go shopping and you uh, buy the fabric. And sometimes you get inspired while you're fabric shopping. Like I'll see different fabrics where I'm like, ooh, this would actually be really cool. It has this detail that might not necessarily be on the art, but maybe it just doesn't show on the art. Like I like this print or something. That's really cool that you say that. You're like an anthropologist and then you are also <laughs> like like needing to understand how things were in its real form, right? Like a yeah. lot of art takes its inspiration from history and so you have to go into the art which uh, which is embellishments of that history and then go back into it. And I also like what you said about going shopping afterwards and then also adding your own little touches because you also do have to fill in the blanks because mm -hmm. sometimes art doesn't reveal all of it. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just got to make it up, which is fun. At first, for me personally, it was difficult because I didn't consider myself to be like organically creative, like I could add on to things. But to like come up with my own type of um, what a leg piece would look like and like how to embellish it was like, how do I do that? What do I do? But now that I've been doing it more and more, just having fun with it, it's, uh, it's actually something I look forward to with uh, the costumes. A lot of times it even seems that you are a prop maker because you have to go and solve all of these very technical and artistic issues. Um, recently for your Bloodbraid Elf cosplay, you know, you were posting photos about creating obsidian uh, flint sharp pieces, <laughs> but you needed to make them look sharp and dangerous, but they were really made of foam and you had to yeah. get like the, the shine just right. And then you also had to, had to wear down this fossilized dinosaur bone. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of those kinds of things. And then and on the other hand, if you swing over to um, like high tech cosplay, if you're trying to do so, like a piece from like Overwatch or something and you're like a robot and you've got all this armor and light up LEDs, like that's also very challenging because there's oh, two yeah. very different stylistic dichotomies to that. There are so many different skill sets that you can take on and learn and pursue through cosplay that it's it's insane. Like when I first started, I was like, okay, I need to learn how to sew and make stuff out of paper mache. And now it's like, you know, can you do 3D modeling and, you know, wig styling and resin casting? And <laughs> there's just so many different ways that you can go about making a costume now. Uh, it's, it's great. So you also have to learn how to sew and things. <laughs> You're like cutting fabrics, making patterns, and like basically sewing together pants and blouses and dresses and shirts and things. 
Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, some people have stronger skill sets. Like some people don't sew at all. And that's totally fine. Like that's not something you're into. And there's different things you can do to get around that. Like for me personally, like time is a big thing I also consider when making a costume. So after I look at all the pieces of a character I'm going to cosplay, I look at, okay, how can I shortcut this piece? Like how can I save time? Like I don't need to make this blouse from scratch. I can buy one that looks similar and alter it. For my blood braid elf, the uh, skull that's on my shoulder, that's actually just a children's dinosaur lamp that I found and um, bought off Amazon. Amazon Prime is amazing, by the way. Um, so I just bought that and I weathered it, repainted it and made it so it would stay on my shoulder. But that saved me time. Like you could have 3D printed that if you wanted to, to make it look exactly like the costume. You also could have modeled it from clay and built it on your own. But I was like, you know, I know I only have like X amount of weeks to make this costume and this is going to help save me a lot of time so I can focus on other pieces. So that's that's another thing you can do with cosplay. Wow, that is so cool. A children's lamp. <laughs> Repurposing certain pieces of like things that are not as well used. I mean, yeah. gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> so Ashlyn, what kind of advice would you have for people that are either on the fence about cosplaying or really aspiring to be a cosplayer or they're just kind of very curious about it? Like, what would you like to say to those people? I mean, my, my biggest thing is have fun. You know, I, I'm someone who can get really caught up in like how things look and if they're accurate or not. But at the end of the day, we're, we're just playing dress up and it's it's supposed to be fun. And if you're if you're on the fence about it, start with something easy uh, that you like to do. Like if you've messed around with model clay before, maybe try to build like a, a little sword or a little pendant and see if you like it and go from there. But like, don't go, I'm going to build this Karn costume and do it in three weeks as my first cosplay because you're going to be miserable and you you it's going to be really hard and you don't want to set yourself up to fail so start small start easy and don't be afraid to reach out to other cosplayers because uh, we love to help and give advice and there's so much out on the internet now um, if you just google something with cosplay at the end or tutorial at the end you will probably find something that will help with what you're wanting to build yeah that is very good advice and Ashlyn you are also a streamer and you stream right now part of Viper Brood. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that? I've been streaming on and off for the past couple of years. I mostly play Magic the Gathering uh, as Magic the Gathering Online and MTG Arena a lot now lately. And the Viper Brood is this awesome stream team that Gabby put together. Um, she's been a part of a couple other stream teams and she thought that they really fostered this great community and uh, helped other streamers out. And so she wanted to do something like that uh, to give back to the community. So she started her own stream team and it's been great. You know, we we help each other out. We give advice. Uh, we make new friends and meet up when we can. Uh, so it's it's a really, really cool thing that I'm glad to be a part of. I joined it as soon as she posted about it. I was like, I want to be a part of this, please. And uh, I joined on. I started out as playing like just kind of a little bit of anything. And then I just got into playing a lot of magic, which I find helps me. Like if I'm if I've been streaming a lot and then I go to a GP and play, I find that I actually do better and think through think things through more um, without getting stuck. Like sometimes when I'm playing, I'll get stuck in like complicated board states and like overthink my possibilities. But after playing so much online, it actually is easier for me to make a quick decision and figure out what to do. I also have been streaming cosplay sometimes when I'm working on some of my costumes and I have a little bit more time to dedicate to them. Like I don't have to do a three week build or something. I, uh, I like to stream it and kind of show like what materials I'm using and it gives people like a good step 
step-by-step process of like, hey, this might look really bad at first, but as you like start working on it, it's, it's okay. It's supposed to look like that. And then it looks nice. Aside from that, I also do sometimes streams where I voice the characters for the games I'm playing. Like I've done a Doki Doki Literature Club stream where I voice most of the characters. I also did a Final Fantasy VII, which was my first one uh, that I did where I voice the characters as I play, which I'd like to do more of in the future. That's very cool. You have very different kinds of content when you stream. How do you mm-hmm. find that they are uh, different for the audience? You know, um, you know, when you're playing a game, you're like commentating about how you're playing the game. You're kind of giving some next level strategy. But then when you're doing cosplay, are you talking about like the problems that you're having? And then when you are doing voiceovers, are you, it's more of an artistic expression of a performance. Yeah. So for, like you said, it's, it is different. You take on these different roles, which kind of keeps it refreshing, you know, so that you're not doing the same thing over and over again. So I like it like that. I get um, bored if I do the same thing a lot over and over again. So it kind of helps keep me uh, sane. For when I'm playing MTG, like I have a great community. Everyone's really sweet and kind and they're, they're a lot of fun. So the chats usually there's a lot of really bad dad jokes and puns and we all just have a lot of fun with like when I punt and everything. So and then in cosplay streams, I get a lot of questions while I'm working on it, which I love answering. So I, I think it's a great way to open it up to people who maybe are worried they're going to bother me on social media or something so that they have a way to just ask right there and get an answer of like is something they have a question on like what I'm using or you know what materials they recommend or anything like that and then for the voice acting it's definitely a great way to practice and it's kind of like they say a lot for comedy like you know you have to play to your audience right and you have to figure out what makes them tick and what they like about it so with voice acting that's my way to kind of gauge like how I'm doing is my character actually coming across to them you know do they resonate with that character character choice? Do they do they like the way that I use the certain tonality for reading that line? Or maybe it didn't work and I should try something else. That's very cool that you have different um, audiences and also a, like a different regimen about how you express yourself when you do these three different activities. Um, <laughs> I, I was so interested to ask you about this because uh, usually when you think of a streamer, you think of a, a person grinding out one specific game. For you as a content creator and also as a member of the community, you've created more of the Ashland stream. This is your persona. <laughs> this is what you're interested in. And you're more authentic to stream things that are about you, uh, which yeah. is is great like I love that it's like a whole new dimension um you know like especially with uh modern media these days and the com- all these different gaming communities are coming together and like figuring out how to participate and be a part of the community a lot of people will just just think hey all I have to the only way to succeed in something is to just play that thing but you've taken it a little bit further and you're like well I'm going to play I'm also going to make and then I'm also going to perform or express <laughs> which is I, I think a very interesting balance and also like a great approach that you've had to uh, creating content and creating a persona for yourself oh absolutely and I've just found that that's what works for me. I mean, everyone has their own style and way they want to do things. And I mean, I've done the thing where you just play and play and play that specific game to keep numbers up. And I burnt out like it was it was exhausting. Like I loved it. But I also I hated it at the same time. Like it was it became not fun for me. So if anyone's looking into getting streaming, I would definitely recommend like finding what you enjoy doing and don't focus on numbers or anything like that. Just just have fun and be yourself uh, because you're going to in the long run, that's going to matter more and you're going to enjoy it a lot more. 
I think what you said earlier about burnout is very prevalent in today's mm-hmm. social media world. Everything these days is a platform, right? And everything has been gamified. And so to be on the platform, you have to do a ton of it. But there's like 7 billion people on this planet and it's 24-7 <laughs> and not one person can do everything all the time and no. show up everywhere. And so burnout is pretty is pretty common, um, <laughs> like in like anything that we do these days, which is, which is so interesting, managing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to give yourself mental breaks in anything you do. You know, you got you to gotta treat yourself sometimes. So the third part of your stream is that you do voice acting. And Ashlyn, so I know this, but maybe not all of our audience know this, but you are a voice actor. How did you get yes. into voice acting? It's actually really interesting because when I did that Final Fantasy VII stream, that was my first time really putting myself out there and trying it out. You know, I was just having fun with it and everyone reacted really well. Like they really liked some of the character voices I was doing. And so from there, I hit up one of my friends and was like, hey, you know, I'm interested in this and I know you work in that industry. Do you have any advice for where I can start? And they recommended uh, going to classes. And so I started taking classes. It's a place called Voice One in San Francisco. And uh, Elaine Clark runs it. She's amazing. And I started taking classes with her and they were group classes, very safe space. And it just let me kind of play and explore and feel out if it was something I wanted to do. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, I spent a couple years taking classes there and just really making sure this is something I want to do and something I enjoyed. And it is. So I just, I took it from there and it's, it's been great. I, I love getting to play all the time. <laughs> Wow. So what kinds of characters do you train for or what kinds of sounds or what kinds of emotions do you have to practice? Honestly, voice acting is a lot of improv. You have to really be able to kind of go with the flow and take direction really well and kind of try to pick up on what they're wanting. So it's it's very important to kind of like you want to have like a bag of tricks to pull from when it comes to being in the booth. And you also don't want to set yourself in a character, if that makes sense. Like you don't want to be like, I am going to read it this way and it's going to be perfect because then you'll be stuck with that character and having a hard time of getting out of it. You just want to be like, what is the tone of the script? Like what are what is the emotion? Who am I talking to? And then let the character come out organically that way. Right. It, it does seem like being able to express as to whatever the context of the situation of whatever the script is needing at that time is going to fit that whatever character you're trying to portray. I think you ask what I do mostly. And for me, I do a lot of children voices just because I, I'm in the higher range. I can do lower voices and I do um, sometimes, but mostly I do a lot of babies, little girls, probably in the age range of like four to 11. I can also do teenage girls, of course, but um, doing the baby voices is uh, not easy and little boy voices I also do. So that's that's mostly my bread and butter, but I can do other things as well. So you're not going to be doing like battle cruiser operational. You're not going to be doing <laughs> zombie I mean, dying voice. To be fair, I, I also do computer. So any type of like artificial intelligence, I can also do pretty well. And have, I have a lot of fun with those. Wow. Do you have to produce um, the engineering afterwards or like any of the correction afterwards? Or do you just record it and then you pass it off to a producer? It really depends on the client. Sometimes, usually they just want it raw and then they have their own audio engineer who will handle it from there. But depending on like the project and their budget, sometimes you'll edit it and clean it up. Um, usually you don't ever add your own effects to it. You just send them like 
you know, the clean so you take out all the breaths that you don't want there and any of the in-between stuff and uh, send it on your way. As I see more of the creative economy rise with like obviously the advent of the internet and everything like that, there's people who make music and people who do voiceovers and people who do B-roll. Um, recently, I've been learning a lot of vlogging and film. And so I have to learn how to shoot film with a camera to <laughs> capture images. And then so I've been learning a lot of filmmaking. And there's like all these sites of people that just film landscapes and flowers and bugs and people walking by just for b-roll that's <laughs> so, amazing it's so like, like stock image yeah absolutely like stock image and so um and i also knew before that there was also like voiceover you know websites that you could be a part of to to like pursue your talents but like mm -hmm. that is so cool it almost seems like any aspect of a production these days can be created by a professional who has talent and wants to express themselves and like develop it from a hobby to also something that also pays you have to figure out if it's something you want to pursue and then just go for it. You know, take the steps necessary, do your research and, you know, try it out and go from there. So what would be your like dream gig? Do you want to be oh. a, a female protagonist in a video game or a movie or a cartoon series? Okay. Are you ready for this? I've had this goal forever. So I, like I, I know it through and through in my heart. And my dream voice acting gig would be, is, not would be, is to be the voice of a Pokemon. Ooh. That is my dream. Wow. <laughs> and a character in World of Warcraft. Oh, wow. Yes, a Pokemon to, you know, like the, like I've seen videos of the lady that does Pikachu and mm -hmm. she's like super famous. <laughs> Obviously, she has to do <laughs> Pikachu constantly. Of course. So yeah, absolutely. A Pokemon. So, but like, but so uh, like a lot of them are taken. So you, you're really like in line for like the next gen Pokemon. Yes. Okay. Yes. What kind, what type of Pokemon would you like to be? You know, honestly, I, I cosplay a lot of like green planeswalkers and characters. So I'd probably say like probably a, a plant type of Pokemon or a fairy. I could do Ooh, fairy. Okay. Because <laughs> fairy is a, a thing now, right? That's right. That's right. Fairy is a type. Yeah. So you could be, be like a plant fairy. Yeah. Okay. That's very cool. <laughs> that's very cool. And then if and then you also said that you wanted to be a character on World of Warcraft. Yes. What kind of a character? I have no idea. I, I picture myself being probably a gnome just because I have a pretty, I think I have a pretty good gnome voice. Um, <laughs> but who knows? I, I would be happy. Whatever would help bring it to the next level like I, I have no idea but it would just be a huge honor you would I don't be care like if I'm like NPC. a background character going charge <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like a shopkeeper like a gnome yeah. shopkeeper come in and take a look <laughs> yeah see what goods I have for you today yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Get all your stuff here. And with voice acting and improv, all of these skills make for a great D&D &D player. You, <laughs> Ashland, were very fortunate to be a part of the Magic and D&D &D crossover at GP Vegas that our friend Ruben Bressler put on together. Yes. Tell us about that. Oh my goodness. When he told me about the project, I was immediately like, yes, I want to be a part of this. I don't care how, but I would love to be a part of this. And uh, so Ruben put together a Weatherlight campaign to uh, play live at GP Vegas. There's actually a recording. I think it's on either the channel Fireball or uh, Wizards YouTube. I'm not 100% sure which one. But you can watch it there if you didn't get a chance to watch it live. But basically, uh, he picked a group of us. I believe it was me, Cam from Loading Ready Run, Michelle from the Lorgoifs, Taffy. Uh, she's another cosplayer who is amazing. We had Jordan and Gorov from the Saving Throw crew and Adam as well. Adam Staborski, Stibbs. And uh, yes, yeah, so we got to play this little uh, mini campaign that was magic themed, which was really fun. I like playing D&D. &D. I've been playing it 
probably for like three or four years now. And so to be able to play a magic themed one was really cool and fun. And I, I would love, I hope it becomes more of a thing. I know we've had like Zendikar planes and like, I know they've had in the past, like a D&D campaign themed around magic. I've just never got to do it. So I really enjoyed it. And Rubit's a great GM. He like threw so much stuff at us and went with so much stuff that we threw at him. It's It was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going to YouTube and checking it out. Yeah, he was been working on it for quite a while. <laughs> like there were a couple of like late night tweets when he's like, I yep. gotta get this done. <laughs> I'm so stressed out. But it all worked out. It all worked out and it seemed like a lot of fun. And uh, it's like the future of Magic the Gathering. We're seeing the first iteration of something that very much could be a staple, a mainstay for Magic. And I love that Magic and D&D are finally getting this more official crossover and like yeah. it's gaining widespread acceptance in the community because you know, if you're if you know Magic, Magic was invented to be a game that people played in between D&D campaigns. It's true. It's so cool how it's kind of like coming full circle in a weird way. <laughs> and I have to admit I have never done a D&D campaign before. I've never played. And so everyone <gasps> oh says to me, gosh. you've got to do it. It's a lot of fun. You'd probably be pretty good at it just because you're so energetic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have to get you to play at some point. It's it's a really fun, even if you do like a really quick little one, just to try it out to see if you like it. But I, I have a feeling you will. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. There's been already a lot of people that were just like, let's do it. Let's do it. And so <laughs> I don't know. Should Maybe I don't know if my first campaign should just be a regular D&D campaign or maybe my first campaign should be uh, a magic themed campaign. I don't what do you think, Ashlyn? Um, I think honestly, like maybe starting out with a regular one, just so that because with magic, there's a lot of I know Ruben had to do a couple of like when building the characters, like maybe the actual class or archetype didn't actually exist. So we had to kind of like build it based off like a combination of actual existing types and classes. So maybe to just while you're learning the characters and how things work, it might be better to start out with like something that's, you know, there is actually a class for and character for. So Ashlyn, as someone who does cosplay and travels and like gets to do all these cool things and gets to hang out with all these cool people in the community, you know, me, a guy who makes YouTube vlogs and podcasts, I see uh, magic as more than just playing the game. Like you could play the game and compete in the game and that's fun, but also doing more like creating content or being a creator and then building community. There's a lot of people who are mods like Ian Dixon. He's a great mod mm -hmm. and like all these other people who do additional things. What do you feel like is the role of, I guess, a person as a creator or not as a creator, but just as a community builder in addition to just playing Magic? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. With any with any game, you know, you can choose to really invest your time in it, right? Or you can choose to just it be something that is very like, I don't know, is the word singular, right? Or like, it's like where you play it, but you don't really like, you know, you play it and that's that. Like you don't research into it. Like you don't go di diving into the lore or something. But then there is this side of community where you do, you are interested and you want to invest time in either being a part of that community or, or giving back to that community by creating something to add to it. And I think in any of that, you know, community is really about being inclusive and being safe and welcoming to everyone because, you know, everyone deserves to enjoy the things they like. And as someone who is either 
whether an influencer or, you know, a, a bigger part of that community or representative of it, you know, you want you want to make sure that it, it feels safe and fun and inviting to everyone. Again, why shouldn't anyone be able to just to enjoy the things that they enjoy and appreciate just like you? So I think that it's really important to remember to it's it's a game and to have fun just to, you know, spread the love as happy as that sounds, I guess. But I'm, I'm a big fan of like not raining on other people's parades and just, you know, enjoying what I enjoy and letting people enjoy what they enjoy because who am I to tell someone they can't enjoy something that they enjoy? I also have noticed a lot of new content creators uh, bursting onto the scene. You know, I, I, I'm like pretty new myself. I've only been around here for like two years, right? But then you've mm-hmm. got like Dana Fisher and you've also got like Young Mage Rhino and he like oh, streams yeah. and make YouTube videos and does vlogs and things like that. You've got Jake and Joel, our MTG. <laughs> like yeah. They go around doing funny things. There's all these other streamers that also do like so many cool things. And in the, I guess, the broad influencer circle, they're not like at a million, but like even at like several hundred at like about a thousand, they still have a thousand people who follow them and yeah. a thousand people like that's a huge room of people, a thousand people like Absolutely. <laughs> that's still a big influence. And that's what's so, I think, important about having an open and inviting community is because it just breeds more of that, right? Like back in the day, you'd go to a GP and you'd see like one cosplayer or two cosplayers, but now you go and there's like summits and there's big gatherings for them. And, you know, that wouldn't be possible if they didn't feel like it was an inviting space, right? And that's the same for like kids that are now playing magic and making content. Like if their parents didn't feel like it was a safer inviting space and they're like, no, you can't play that game because of blah, blah, blah. I mean... We wouldn't have that, but we do, and it's growing. And the more that that happens and is encouraged, the more that it's going to happen. You know what I mean? So just it benefits the community at whole. It just kind of uh, sparked a memory in my head. When I was a kid, there was like a Pokemon tournament at a local mall. And my mom didn't know a lot about Pokemon. And obviously, I was mm-hmm. like, dude, it's a child's game. It's totally safe, <laughs> right? Like, But I was like yeah. a kid. And my mom was really nervous. My mom was like, I don't want my kid going to like a mall in the middle of a day to play with strangers this game. Right. It's a testament to the community when parents feel safe letting their kids roam free in this giant convention. Hall of like several thousand people, yeah. like specifically several thousand adults, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when I was at GP Seattle, these kids that were at the spell slinging, um, they knew me from the Command Zone episode of Game Nights where I cosplayed Beckett Brass, and they were so excited to see me. Uh, so when I was done spell slinging, you know, they were like, "Can you play a game of Commander with us?" I was like, "Sure." And so I sat down at a random table with these three other kids and played Commander. Their mom stopped by and said hi, but then walked off to do her own thing because she felt like it was safe, you know, and. I I thought that was really special and cool. Yeah, it is very special and cool to have those kinds of moments. And um, the magic community is always reminding me that it's not just this game that we play. This game that we play called Magic is a conduit to making friends, a conduit to meeting people and sharing in the things that we love. And just like any other fandom, whether it be comic books or anime or manga or just random TV shows or sci-fi or other books or fiction or anything at all, any other franchise, it's those things are the conduit. And so the best thing that we can do is make this particular game more inclusive and more friendly so more people can come in and enjoy the game and we can all have a better time with it. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, we're going to have more from Ashlyn coming up, but first we're going to take a quick break. Okay, Ashlyn, you've got a Patreon supporters gift for us. Could you tell us what it is? Why, yes. 
I'm going to be signing a bunch of Tiana cards, which is the character that I played during the GP Vegas D&D spinoff uh, that we did. So I also did like a mini cosplay put together. But yeah, I'll be signing a bunch of those and sending them to you to give out to your wonderful Patreon supporters. I love Tiana as a character. When they revealed the Dominaria storyline, they had this kind of funny angel, right? Like Tiana's yeah. character is like, she's kind of lost. She doesn't know her purpose, but she's like, I'm supposed to be doing something. And she's also <laughs> really handy and sweet. And then she like somehow, you know, arrives at the weather lights. It's like, I'm here. I found my calling. Right. And then she like, I, I think as an angel, as like a battle angel she's always just like wanting to pick up a sword and like hit something with it yeah but they're like no 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 like you're good <laughs> you're good and she's so she ends up just getting grease on her face yeah she just wants to help and your cosplay during gp vegas was <laughs> perfect was oh perfect. my gosh i was like i wanted to do like a full-out cosplay of her beforehand but i was like there's no way i'm gonna build this in time so literally two days before the actual so i was already at gp vegas so Two days before the panel went live, I like Amazon primed a bunch of stuff that would look like it that I could use and it worked out. So I was so happy. You got the hair just right because she has kind of like short hair. Yeah. And then you got the smudge. You got like, you, what did you put? Was Did you put makeup or did you actually get like a little bit of grease to put on no, your No, I just took eyeshadow and like eyeshadow. threw it on there. And then you had this great selfie where you had the that really sweet Tiana kind of apprehensive look. Like, am I doing this right smile? Right. Right. <laughs> That's, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I found a, a pen that I could write with that was actually a wrench. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. You got a wrench pen? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's the little things, right? <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Ashlyn. And as you heard it, listeners, we're going to have a whole bunch of Tiana, ship's caretaker, for Ashlyn to sign. We're going to send them out to her, and she'll sign them, and then I will send them to you. So thank you so much for supporting the show on patreon.com slash kitchen table magic. Ashlyn has a bunch of signed Tiana, ship's caretaker, for our Patreon supporters. You can get one by supporting the show at patreon.com slash kitchen table magic. Big thanks to all of my Patreon supporters, past, present, and future, who are amazing people that always get free desserts sent to them when they go out for dinner. Again, that's patreon.com slash kitchen table magic. Thanks for your support. Kitchen Table Magic is sponsored by Card Kingdom. In my experiences ordering things online, I always hope everything goes well. Like, will I get my package quickly? Will my order be correct? With so many business interactions being digitized and becoming less personal, we care more about receiving great customer service. And you're probably wondering, how do I find an online store that embodies all the qualities that we're looking for these days? I decided to read what people were saying online about Card Kingdom. Lost Jedi 2003 says, Card Kingdom, hey, I just got my orders. Love, love the speed and efficiency from you guys. Thank Thank you very much. Twitter user Gold Convoy got a robot soldier token hand-drawn and included in their order. Huge thank you to Card Kingdom for the custom token. I asked for a mechanical robot soldier token and it's beyond what I could have imagined. Kitoshi got a fully colored rainbow chameleon token drawn. Brock Bro says, Thank you Card Kingdom. Ordered Friday, received Monday, fast shipping is no lie. Love the pull tab tape job on the case. 39 cards. Rich Baranek says, At CommandCast, you were right. Card Kingdom ships fast. Wasn't expecting to have this for another week or two. Also, no one mentioned the awesome care they take in packaging the cards. Even professional football player Cassius Marsh gets his hard-to-find foils from Card Kingdom. 
It seems the people have spoken. From fast shipping logistics to great customer service, card selection, and also the care their fulfillment takes when packaging each order, Card Kingdom goes above and beyond. I even purchase all of my Patreon supporters' gifts from Card Kingdom. So if you're looking to purchase Magic the Gathering singles and sealed products online, Card Kingdom has been trusted by Magic players around the world. You can also show support for Kitchen Table Magic when you use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com KTM. Again, that's cardkingdom.com KTM. This episode of Kitchen Table Magic is sponsored by Paragon City Games. I've been talking about Paragon City Games for some time now, and recently I've been invited to film three vlogs at their game store for their Heroes League Invitational series. It's a local tournament where the winners compete at a year-end Invitational. The player community there is wonderful, competitive, and fun. They have friendly staff that greet every single person that walks through the door. The store itself is huge, open, clean, bright, airy. There's beverages, snacks, clean restrooms, a fully loaded feature match area, and a high-tech streaming setup. The entire store is filled with huge open tables, enough to fit over 100 players. I played at an FNM there once, and there were four different formats going at the same time. They also have a huge selection of board games, magic singles, supplies, tokens, handcrafted wooden deck boxes, and artisanal diehard metal dice. If you want to see the vlogs I made for Paragon City Games, just go to facebook.com slash paragoncitygames and click on videos. I made three vlogs, one for each of their standard, modern, and legacy events. Paragon City Games has a commitment to legacy, and they're streaming legacy daily at twitch.tv slash paragoncitygames. If you're ever in Draper, Utah, go check them out. And if you love legacy, watch their Twitch stream, again, at twitch.tv slash paragoncitygames. They're a wonderful group of people, and I'm so grateful to have them as friends. Okay, everyone, and we are back. Ashlyn, I have some rapid-fire questions for you. Are you ready? Why, yes. Bring it on. Okay, here we go. Ashlyn, rapid-fire question number one. Of the five colors of magic, white, blue, black, red, and green, what's your favorite color and why? Ooh, probably green. Um, my favorite deck of all time was Eldrazi Green. So, And now I play Red Green Tron, so if I could pick two, it'd probably be red and green. But green, definitely. I love ramping into big creatures and making my creatures fight creatures or deal damage to other creatures. So yeah, green all the way. That's so cool that you said that you loved like Mono Green Eldrazi and you also like Red Green Tron. It seems like you like to <laughs> cast big things and Just do big things. Bit. Okay, so you you really would be like the flying spaghetti monster that's come in <laughs> or the Godzilla that's come and destroy the city. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's a fair <laughs> depiction of me. <laughs> yes, and, and your love of red-green gruel also with your recent Bloodbraid Elf cosplay. Yeah. Bloodbraid Elf is so gruel in every single way. Yes, and it's so much fun too because when you make cosplays like that, you just get to, ha like, it doesn't have to be perfect and pristine. No, it could be like super messed up and like dirty and grungy. I love it. <laughs> super mess you're just like screw screw the details like yeah, exactly. we need to get this done it's like battle damage oh did i mess up cutting that cool that's battle damage too all right <laughs> it's battle damage that's hilarious okay ashland rapid fire question number two if you could change something about magic the gathering what would it be 
I would probably, I mean, one of the, as like the cosplayer in me is like, I would always make sure that there's a full art version of a character available so that oh, yeah. uh, cosplayers have reference. I like the full art part. You could even make it a double faced card where the back is actually the backside of the character. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else I would change? I would bring Annihilator back. You would bring Annihilator <laughs> back? Yes. Okay. You love... Okay, so this is totally going with your big green monster, <laughs> scary, destroy everything theme of you would bring Annihilator back. Oh, yeah. Annihilator is brutal. It makes people sack tons of stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I've been on the opposite end of an Emrakul, so I totally... <laughs> I totally... I mean, I get, I get that, but I haven't... I haven't smashed enough people's face with the Annihilator ability, so maybe mm. hmm, maybe I should consider that. Maybe that'll make me really love the Annihilator ability more. Right? You'll be yeah. Th after that, you just join Team Eldrazi, and life is good. As a Jund player, that makes me cringe so much. <laughs> I'm like ah, but I play fair decks. I have to do everything prim and proper by the rules. <laughs> hey, I spent the ten mana to cast it, or the twelve mana. That's fair. <laughs> you should get to Annihilator. That's right. You should get to do crazy things. Okay. Fair, fair. Okay. Bring back Annihilator. Or maybe, Ashlyn, if you had, um, I guess, an idea for something even more big and more Timmy than Annihilator, you could come up with a mechanic. I mean, oh man, I don't even know what my mechanic would be. My mechanic would just be more Snapcaster Mage-like things. Like, <laughs> I just love, <laughs> I just love that so much. Or a counter spell that was actually good. It's like, oh. I mean, it wouldn't be much of a change, but I'd love to see more like tribal decks for like unicorns or bunnies or I don't know. Oh, squirrels. More creature types. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Ashlyn, rapid fire question number three. If you could give something to every magic player, what would it be? I think it would be some type of trinket or something that would make them just smile. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, but like basically something they could look at um, when they're in like a tough situation in a game and it would just make them smile and feel at ease. Because I know like when you're playing magic, things can get tense and you can get wrapped up in the competitiveness of it. But sometimes it's nice to like find something that helps center yourself and bring you back down so that you're, you can think straight and enjoy it. Ooh, I love that. Maybe we need to pull something from like the Harry Potter universe. You know, they always have like charmed items that like if you, if you like drank a beer or something and you start laughing or giggling, like we need like sleeves that whenever you like look at the back of your sleeve, it makes you like smile. It like, yeah. gives you a, a little jolt of that emotion that is right? like, hey, like if you have like a smiley face emoji on the back of your <laughs> sleeves, you look at it, you're like, oh, I feel happy. Yes. <laughs> or yeah, something, something like that. Like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. A little trinket, a little something, a magic accessory that yeah. magic players would have and it would just make them smile. Yeah, I don't know what it would be. It could be like, maybe it's catered to each person. I don't know. Rapid fire question number four, Ashlyn. What do you see in the future of Magic the Gathering? I see a lot of really cool new and unique opportunities within the community itself. Like, it feels like this past year, I don't know, like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like this past year or two, like, it's really been growing. Like, there's been a lot of new things that, that they're trying. Like, they brought Spellslingers back. Um, you know, we have game nights. We have a lot more content being made for different types of things that you wouldn't normally expect from Magic. So, I, I see a lot more of that happening 
and a lot more things that involve the community and just a lot of celebrating magic. I know we just celebrated the 25 years of magic and I feel like maybe we'll, I don't know, it'd be really cool, at least I hope, to see like an actual magic convention someday, like something dedicated not necessarily to just competitive play, but just like celebrating more of magic and like all the things that have come from it, you know, have a dealer's hall, have an artist alley where, you know, artists can set up and share what they've made. You know, it's just something like that would be really cool to see. I totally agree with you. And I, I can't remember where I heard this, but I think that some of the larger TOs were thinking exactly about doing it. And yes. it would look very much like a GP, except without a GP main event. It would just be two or three days of just side events on-demand events, special fun guest events, things like that, artists, and just like that, trading, yeah. dealing, you know, maybe a little bit more food. I get really hungry at GPs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, think, I think that's a plug at every con. <laughs> it's like, kitchen food is expensive. But I really like that because when I started Kitchen Table Magic around two and a half years ago, people were like, oh, wow, a new show? Haven't, haven't <laughs> seen one of those in a while. And then now it's like there's a new show every week, There's like, yeah. a, which, is, which is awesome. I'm so happy to hear people say, guess what? I'm going to do it. Something in this fan put them over the edge and they're like, we're going to do it. And yeah. it's always a show of like not just one person, but like more than one person. And, they're, and, and that's even cooler because it's like, wow, it's like it's like double the creativity, right? So there's like new streamers, there's new YouTubers, there's new podcasters all the time. And I love that. Oh, absolutely. It's great to see like, there's there's so many like, like you said, there's a lot of new people coming out of the woods. And I think that's great. And that, that speaks to the community at whole, right? Like, there's got to be something that's going on that's really encouraging people to get out there and put themselves out there because that's not easy. Like, it may seem easy, like you see us on here talking and everything and like going on streams and whatnot. But like, you're, you're constantly on and putting yourself out there. And that, that takes a lot. That's true. Like, I still haven't even done the stream thing. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what I would do on a stream. Technically, it is no different to what we are doing right now. Except <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, there is a stream chat. Oh my gosh, am I supposed to do something entertaining now? Like, and oh my live. gosh. Right, because it's live, right? So... Well, but yep, they're right. I do see uh, what you're seeing as a trend as well as I do see casual content for Magic the Gathering growing. I see a lot more friends coming into the community doing fun and cool and goofy things and making content. And that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. And last, Ashlyn, do you have any asks or requests of the listening audience? Like where to find you on social? So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ashlyn Rose. And you can find me on Instagram on RAR. It's Ashlyn, R-A-W-R-I-T-S, Ashlyn. I'm also on Facebook at Miss.AshlynRose. If you want to check out my stream ever, you can go to twitch.tv slash Ashlyn underscore Rose. And a site, I think that's about everything. My YouTube channel isn't very active yet, but hopefully I can start posting more stream stuff there soon. But most of my cosplay stuff... And voice acting stuff is mostly going to be out of Instagram or Twitter now. And of course, Twitch. That's all good to know, Ashlyn. And I will have all of the links in the show notes at kitchentablemagic.org because I don't think anyone's writing all of these down right now. <laughs> so I definitely will share all the links. And Ashlyn, I just wanted to thank you and acknowledge you. I really appreciate who you are as a friend, not Aww. just to myself, but also to the community. Whenever I see you at GPs, you are always so excited to be there. There is a genuine spark and charm behind your eyes. You are so 
like fascinated to be like, <laughs> what can I make? What character can I be? What emotion can I bring to life? And you're so generous in sharing that with everyone. I, I see people being just completely lit up. And also, when we do our little photo shoots together, because we've gotten into this habit, right? <laughs> of like, know, right? I, I'm running around vlogging, and you're, and then we bump into you, like, hey, let's take some photos. <laughs> <laughs> so we take these cool photos. And um, what's also great about the experience is um, when I'm about to take the photo, uh, an audience is, you, can, you can't experience this unless you're there with Ashlyn in person but Ashlyn just like turns on there's like something <laughs> that she like transforms and it's like this totally Aww. it's like this totally anime moment when like you're where the characters like they get really hyped up and it's like right, they, right it's like the energy is there and I love that um and I've been their firsthand audience I've been there firsthand <laughs> with Ashlyn and so I've seen really the level of detail that she puts into her cosplay as well as also how she connects with all of her fans and, and also like just how Ashlyn's worked with me on photos and videos and vlogs and podcasts and all this other stuff like it's just been so much fun i'm so happy ashlyn that you are here and i know that the community is also really really happy to have you here you're such a wonderful friend and thank you so much for putting your heart and soul into making the community better Gosh, well, I thank you so much. Like, seriously, I, I love doing this and I love being a part of this community. And thank you for having this podcast and doing what you do. Because seriously, you are you are amazing and awesome too as a friend and as a content creator. The stuff you put out there is really genuine and kind and sweet. And I think it's really important to have a podcast like this in the community. One of the things I always like to end my stream with, and I think it's just something really important, be kind to one another and always take into consideration like someone else's day and life. Like people have bad days and people are struggling. Like they might not be having as good of a day as you might be. So when you interact with people day to day, just just remember that everyone's trying to get through this game of life and dealing with it in their own ways. And to just be considerate and mindful of that when it comes to interacting with maybe someone who might be grumpy or upset or, you know, really happy and excited when you're feeling grumpy and upset. Just remember to be considerate of others and stay awesome because this community as whole has been really welcoming and loving. And I, I really appreciate and love that about this community. Ashlyn is a great person to talk to about the Magic community, and it's even better to take a photo with her in person at a large event. And if you heard us talking about Magic conventions in this episode, well, Wizards of the Coast just announced the future of those events, which will be called Magic Fest. I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunities to hang out with Ashlyn at a future Magic Fest somewhere around the world. There are some very cool things that Ashlyn is a part of right now that I want you to check out. First is The Broken Pact, a Magic and D&D crossover show on Saving Throw. Ashlyn is a cast member on this Magic and D&D crossover show, premiering this Saturday, October 13th at 1pm Pacific on twitch.tv slash D&D. Along with GM Ruben Bressler, cast members Ashlyn Rose, Jordan Pridgen, Riley Silverman, and Gaurav Galati will be embarking on a new adventure on the plane of Ravnica. Again, that's this Saturday, October 13th at twitch.tv slash D&D. Next, Ashlyn is competing in Card Kingdom's community MTG tournament called The Chalice. Ashton is helping to raise money for Big Brother Big Sisters of Puget Sound. I'll have links in the show notes at kitchentablemagic.org if you'd like to donate some money to the cause. Ashlyn is on Twitter at Ashlyn Rose. You can find pictures of our cosplay on Instagram at Roar It's Ashlyn. Ashlyn can also be found on Facebook and Twitch. Just search for Ashlyn Rose. Again, I'll have all the links in the show notes at kitchentablemagic.org. You can follow Kitchen Table Magic on Twitter at KTM Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Tang. I'm on Twitter at Samo Tango. 
Kitchen Table Magic is now on Spotify, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Hipsters of the Coast, and mtgcast.com. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash kitchentablemagic. It's that time of the show to thank our Patreon supporters, Brian, Marcus, James L., Alex, Trevor, Caitlin, Neil, Aaron C., Corey, Chad, Logan S., Nick, Eternal Dirtles, Matthias, Grind, Scryfall, Matt, Ian, Carl, Yana, David, and Matthew. I really appreciate all of the supporters of the show, past, present, and future. Your kind words on social media, likes, follows, shares, and reviews on Apple Podcasts help listeners find the show. A big thank you, as always, for everyone sharing the show with their friends. Coming up on the next episode of Kitchen Table Magic. So there's something that a lot of people don't understand about the sick of it column and about like my, my persona on Twitter. I mean, there is some caricature to it. There's some, it's not quite like Stephen Colbert would go fully into character. It's not quite that deep, right? So it's, it's something, a hybrid between Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Not to say that I'm in that category, obviously I'm doing something completely different, but in terms of just how serious you take the character versus the comedy and all that stuff, dozens of people tell me, wow, you're like really nice in real life, but you, you play this like aggravated contrarian online line, what's up with that? It came to fruition through the goal of trying to make people entertain using humor as my best tool and my toolkit to entertain people. I never found magic writing that was purely descriptive to be as engaging. I wasn't as proud of that work. If I did, if I, you know, if I wrote, hey, here's how to sideboard with the blue black control deck, you know, maybe I maybe had some insights, but that, I was never as proud of that work as when I hear back from people, yeah, that really made me laugh. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, it, it got kind of like I said, branded or put into the kind of more of a character with the, with the sick of it, where I'm showing up with, yeah, a deliberately kind of contrarian take that maybe other, touching a few subjects others are scared to touch because of their relationships with, let's say, Wizards of the Coast or, right? So like you mentioned earlier, I've been able to take some positions that are a little bit combative or trying to shine a light where I think a light ought to be shown, even if it doesn't make me the most likely player to get like a special invite or whatever. But, you know, I always said, hey, I'm going to try to bring people something that's both entertaining, but also kicks off a conversation that I think we ought to be having. So I think that's the kind of thread that you can see run through a lot of my writing. I'm talking to the thoughtful critic, Matt Sperling. Matt is a longtime pro player and commentator of happenings in the MTG community. His popular column, Sick of It, talks about the tough issues and says the things that we're thinking, but don't feel confident to say ourselves. But Matt isn't just a curmudgeon, his hot takes are humorous and poignant. I'll be asking Matt what makes him tick, and also what he's really sick of, all on the next episode of Kitchen Table Magic. <laughs>